I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. I like those odds. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Mandalorian podcast brought to you by Empire Radio. I'm Drew. I'm Jeremiah. And I'm Andrew. And today we have another exciting episode for you guys. So this is part two, Legacy. Any da da yeah. da? No, 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 no. Da, da, da. And so, um, <laughs> if you enjoyed the last episode, which was like earlier this week, um. Welcome back, and I, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And so this is episode two. We're going to do kind of like the same thing. Um, we're not going to go scene by scene because that's not a thing. So we're just going to kind of just go through it and say our thoughts. And I don't know. It was a good episode for me. So I'm excited yeah. to hear what everyone's thoughts are. And everything, there, so. there was only one good part, I thought, of the whole episode. But it was oh, the last seven minutes. It was Dave Filoni's yes. interpretation of... Okay, I don't think that's the only good part. Wait, that, that was the only the... part you liked? It was the only part that stood out. What? Oh, man. All right, well. Okay, well... okay. we've heard this from every actor and director that Star Wars is impactful on them becoming a career, blah, blah, blah. Like, we've heard it all before. There was nothing new. It was all recycled stuff. Yeah, but those, True, those stories but... are meaningful, man. Like, don't be a, I don't know. such a Debbie Downer. Come on. And then they were talking about Jurassic Park. I'm like, what does this have to do with Star Wars and The Mandalorian? And I didn't. Well, it doesn't have to do with. I was kind of confused that whole episode, but. Well, they were whatever. talking about them getting into film. I mean, these these guys are the VFX supervisors for ILM and the show. Yeah. Like, they were talking about how they got into visual effects. And one of them, I think it was Richard. Bluff? Yeah, Richard. Yep, mm-hmm. he he was talking about uh, Jurassic Park and how like the That's Velociraptors one. had such an impact on him that he wanted to do VFX. Mm-hmm. So, all right, so we're we're attacking this. Let's kind of slow it down a little bit because <laughs> we're just like going to the end of this whole thing and calling the raps, and we're two minutes in. This is the shortest podcast of all time. But anyways, so um, Andrew. Not a Debbie Downer and Jeremiah right now. What was your overall thoughts of this episode? Man, I love it. I love this episode. I like. I would go back and rewatch this episode if I had the time. Well, I mean, I do. Um, but I will be. I will be going back and rewatching this episode for sure. Um, I took. I took notes for the first time. Dang, bro. Because um, I wanted to be prepared, but like, I'm proud of you. I loved this from start to finish um, because one of the things that I think always impacts me is the impact that Star Wars has had on other people. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, you know, kind of nerd stuff in general gets this rap where it's like, oh, here they are. They're, you know, buying action figures and playing Dungeons and Dragons or like, geeking out about stuff that happens in space and all this stuff. But then like underneath the surface of 
kind of that facade and that, I guess, interpretation by the general public is um, something so much deeper that I think a lot of people that don't get into it don't really get to see. Or if they do get to see it, it's like it comes in a completely different form. Because, you know, you know, you talk about people and they're like, you know, uh, I'm making up something completely random here, but like Alice in Wonderland really changed my life for this reason or like this Josh Groban song for another like super random kind of cheesy extreme like believe by Josh Groban changed my life and it impacted me and like the thing is is like Star Wars even though it's a space fantasy space science fiction story um, yeah it has a deeply profound effect on certain people Mm-hmm. Um and I and I just thought that that was really cool to see that because the whole point of this episode was talking about the legacy of George Lucas, um, and I'm not going to go too deep in deep yet, but yeah, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I loved every bit of it. I loved the last like seven to nine minutes where they started talking about like Dave started talking about episode one. Yeah. And then just like I went think, on that rant and I was like, dang. The last seven minutes I watched it like five times. It was so good. Oh yeah, it was great. I think when our give it to Dave hashtag goes viral and he actually becomes president of Lucas, that's mm-hmm. when we can say, Hey, because we got you your job, you should come on our podcast. So that's that's the way we're gonna get him. Yeah. So right. hashtag give it to get Dave. You heard it first on the Mandalorian podcast slash Empire Radio, and well, they heard it first on Empire Radio like months ago. But yeah. yes, but <laughs> the other reason but they're I hearing think Dave, it a second time from here. The other reason I think Dave does such a good job is because he's worked so closely with George too. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, it's just a random thought. Yeah. All right, Jeremiah, we're ready for it. Ready for what? Just talk us through what you thought. I don't know. It was just, I wasn't really impressed. I was more impressed by the last episode. It was more, because mm-hmm. you get to, you're learning something new. Whereas this episode, it was just reiterating what so what many like. heard from plenty of actors and actresses and filmmakers. Because mm-hmm. Star Wars has been defining for so many people. Like, yeah, it's it's great and amazing. And you can see that people just, when they think of Star Wars from their childhood, they get giddy, which is great. But, like, I've heard it before. And so. Yeah. Um, Nothing, like, super st- stood out to you besides probably that last seven minutes? I think it was interesting. I uh, Them talking about how uh, George Lucas was always thinking about making more movies. Like. Mm-hmm. It was not wasn't something that like he just kind of like oh maybe I should make some more movies like it was something he was always doing and oh and also uh was it like Lucas uh film has was it, like 140 patents on uh he's like 152 had, right uh uh-uh, 126 126 oh, patents and Kathleen on Kathleen joined the company when she joined the company. Yeah, which was early on. Like, when she came in, he already had 126 patents for things like breakthroughs he was doing, like, especially in the technology of filmmaking. 
So mm. I I wonder like how like what those specifically are and like are there patents from like decades ago that like don't matter now like cuz no one uses those strategies or whatever it is or is it still things that people use today they're still affecting film i mean i think that there there's things that people still use like he had patents for like camera like certain materials and like different like like arms for like flying the ship but by hand like he had like patents like that like technology for shooting films and i think a lot of people use it now does he still have those certain patents Probably not, because patents do run out. They run their course, and you have to renew them, and no, I doubt and he's renewing all of them. But he does yeah. have patents for like stuff for animation. We know that, too. And I, yeah, ILM I mean, has a lot, lot of patents, too. A lot of the patents that w- were used early on are probably irrelevant at this point anyways. That because too. of the because of the advancements and yeah, that's digital effects. Yeah. So and, I mean they have patents on the characters too. I mean, but they weren't talking about that. They were talking about technology. The technology patents. And yeah, like majority of them probably don't really affect the modern day anymore. But because technology is did so they, much more. Did they say but. that Star Wars had the first CG character? Mm-hmm. Because uh, I don't think I don't think that's accurate. No. no. Terminator. I was Hold it? On. No, because they they said something. Something had the first. I swear they said that. But like that doesn't make sense because like Andrew, like we watched the Corridor Crew, and they've sh- talked about like the first CGI thing in film, and it wasn't anything Star Wars. Oh yeah, it was that weird like stained glass thing yeah. character yeah. in the young Sherlock Holmes movie. Yeah, and so that was all oh, that glass character yeah. yeah so so i was wondering what they were referring to in this episode about first was it ilm's like first cgi thing with star wars or no, that's messed up but i swear they th- i thought they said that too i don't Let's think go. so they i miss actually that was like one, one of the only parts um that i missed yeah it was just like a quick one sentence thing that they said in passing it so it wasn't like they dwelled on it or talked about it. So I'll have to go back and see exactly what they were implying right. specifically talking about. But do you know what's not CGI? What's I that? I don't. The sponsor for today's episode. Check it out. Hey everyone, Andrew here. I'm pleased to tell you that the sponsor for today's episode is Wesley Andrews Coffee and Tea. If you don't know anything about Wesley Andrews, you definitely should. They're an award-winning coffee roaster and shop in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and they make fantastic coffee. The awesome thing is that they have a subscription service that gets those amazing coffee beans delivered to your door on an either weekly, bi-weekly, or a monthly basis. Unfortunately, we're all being negatively affected by this virus right now. But that being said, what a better time to try some new coffee and support a local business. I know they'll greatly appreciate it, and we will too. After all, using the code Empire Radio with a capital E and a capital R with no space at checkout, when you start a new subscription at wesleyandrews.cc, you'll get 50% off your first purchase. 
I can't think of a better deal. Get 50% off, support a local Minneapolis coffee shop, and support your favorite Star Wars podcast. In the words of Emperor Palpatine, do it. How'd you how'd you guys like that sick, quick transition that I did there? Do it. It was so fast, you didn't even know what was happening. It was like, what's not nope. CGI? Sponsor. <laughs> Boom. There it is. It was like some would say the force. Oh gosh. Or light speed. No. It was light no. speed fast. It yeah, was anyway. on park fast. You could say that. But uh yeah, so you should do it. I I do the, I do that very thing, and I do not regret it, and you will not regret it. So go go buy some coffee. Do it. So, yeah. what else about this episode would we like to discuss? Oh man, okay. Well, do you, you have no. Do you want me to pull out my notes? Yeah, sure. before you do that, I'll just talk about like what I enjoyed real quick. Sure. Oh yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. I, do that. I enjoyed the um the group of I like ILM people there. I love like listening to those people talk and stuff like that and like so I really enjoy that they were there. Um I was kinda sad that George wasn't there. And like I, I like that um when Dave Filoni was talking, like there's highlights of George working on the set of the Mandalorian, like being there and giving tips and just watching them. Like yeah. I like that part. Like it was really cool. But it was like, why couldn't I guess he probably didn't want to do it, but it would have been cool if George would have been He's a busy guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he has four point two billion dollars in his pocket. What else yeah. does he have to do? True. Uh, buy go karts and race go karts. Yeah. Did you did you see that hear about the thing like like that first summer or maybe summer after he made he sold Lucas? Uh someone's took a picture of him like in a mall food court, like eating some crappy, like mall mm. food, even though he oh, had, yeah. okay. he was like, <laughs> here's, the thing. here's the thing. He's saving it, man. He's leaving no, it for he, his kids. He, well, his kids, kids, kids. Yeah. Just because, like, or more, just because you have money doesn't mean you need like gray, triple a Wagyu beef, mm-hmm. hot dogs. I, I, I get it. It's just funny. No. Yeah. He is the Jeremiah. No, no. Of... It is not funny. George Lucas. <laughs> There's nothing funny about being fiscally responsible, Jeremiah. I'm the oh. most fiscally responsible he, person yeah. you probably know. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's probably yeah, he, true. No, he definitely is. He's Jeremiah. That's If you guys don't know, me and Andrew have like our own little collection. I wouldn't even say it like really a big like a collection almost. It's not a lot. And Jeremiah just laughs every time we talk about like any Star Wars toy that we may have bought or we're thinking about yeah. buying and stuff. Or and coffee just, grinders that cost three hundred dollars. Or coffee okay, grinders. No, 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 no. Get you but, leave the coffee grinders out of this. <laughs> but Get anyways, <laughs> um, it's just funny because Jeremiah just doesn't talk <laughs> because he doesn't find any of this. I don't know. Intellectually stimulating. Here's the thing. My yes. my my wife has graciously allowed me to buy certain Star Wars collectible items here and there. Mine too. Um, I have like six or seven Black Series figures. I bought with my own birthday money last year. I bought a uh, Black Series Shock Trooper helmet that I love and adore. 
and then I have a Lego, like one Lego Boba Fett bust, and like that's it. Like it's small. Now I have a ton of books. Yeah, you have a ton of books. And but you you know I, where you I, could I see those. all of our collections, you guys, on our social medias. Oh, it's kind yeah, of a weird actually, plug, but if no, you want to see more of what we have. They're actually on there in in bits mm-hmm. and pieces. Like on our Instagram, yeah. there's a picture that I took of my bookcase. And then there's actually some, like if you look in the background of a few of the, the earlier photos, it's your collection, Drew. Mm-hmm. And in my studio, yeah. So, and then we've got tons of photos studio. of Jeremiah's collection. Yes. Yep. I, I have one Star Wars item apart from the the Blu-rays, and it's a Mandalorian flag Which, that I have it, hanging on my balcony. Well, neither of us have a flag. I know. It is pretty dope. Every time and, I see it, I'm like, And I had oh. so much shame after I spent $17.99 on Amazon and like $20. $17.99? You're kidding me. And I spent like twenty bucks on like so hooks cheap. and magnets and stuff to hook it up on my balcony on my oh apartment. Oh my gosh! I had so much yeah. shame for days. He did. He ranted to me about it. I'm A not lot. gonna. I'm not gonna lie, Jeremiah. This is this is hitting the ears of someone who is seriously contemplating saving up the money to buy the two hundred and fifty dollar or twenty five dollar Revan Black Series lightsaber this summer. This is hitting the ears of someone who spent two hundred dollars on two helmets. Yeah, but they're cool. See, I mean, so is that bl- that saber? I don't. Yeah, I mean, like, it. what are you gonna do with it? What are you? Gonna, I mean, I'm not gonna swing it at people. But you know what? Yeah. It's gonna sit on a shelf, and I'm gonna look at it, and I'm gonna be like, you know what? That's it's gonna, gonna really look cool. me back in the eyes, and yeah, we're just gonna stare plus, at each other. Plus, in the backgrounds, I'm gonna try to get as much of this in the backgrounds of. Uh, my Instagram like guitar videos as I can because like I always think it's super cool when I watch other musicians and they've got like a baby Yoda figure or like a stormtrooper helmet or something in the background I'm like oh you like Star Wars too that's awesome mm-hmm. this is that I mean this a is really cool. long rant about nothing but anyways yeah, what okay. we, anyways, take out sorry, your notes man. this is why we have notes <laughs> what we're trying to say is everyone's budget is different <laughs> And you need to respect your budgets. Jeremiah has a different budget, and he respects that, and I respect him for that. So, be fiscally responsible, kids. Yeah, wait, you, that reminds me. You, you guys remember that ad where C-3PO caught R2-D2 smoking? No. No? Okay. okay, this is totally a thing. From back in, like, the early 80s, Anthony Daniels... No, no, no. Anthony Daniels is like he walks into this like control room and it looks like they took like a factory, like an industrial factory, and then like just put a bunch of like really weird Star Wars-esque like light panels and stuff. Like it doesn't really look like Star Wars, but it looks like sci-fi. And he walks in and he's like looking for R2 and he sees smoke and he walks around the corner and I'm not joking, R2-D2 has the the little like pincher arm that he has and he has a cigarette, like a lit cigarette in it. And then C-3PO goes on this rant about how smoking is bad for your health and how you shouldn't do it and how, like, the droids have to be an example for the younger people oh in the galaxy. Oh, my gosh. I'm not joking. So This is amazing. I, 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 hadn't, I hadn't seen the ad, but um, he writes about it in that book, which, by the way, if if you like 
Guys, I know, I know, we're not talking about the episode right now. Please we're not at me. all. Uh, if you like behind the scenes stuff and you're really digging the gallery series, you should definitely pick up Anthony Daniels' book IMC3PO. It is fascinating. It's an inside look, like for the first. I mean, really, it's actually it spans all nine films. Like he talks about his experiences in all nine Star Wars films and his experiences in Rogue One and Solo, and it's it's fascinating. But all of that to say, I read about it in that book, and then I went and watched the ad, and it was hilarious. And me talking about budgets like that just kind of reminded me of that ad. Remember, kids, respect your budgets. Okay. All of that to say, I'm opening my notes before I can feel it in the force. Our our subscriber count is dropping by the second. Okay, so... Um, here are the notes I took. I took notes of the people that were around the table originally. Um, I did, I thought it was cool. John Knoll, the ILM VFX supervisor, he worked on the prequels and, um, he is mentioned in Anthony Daniels book. So that was cool. Um, so he's near and dear to your heart. (laughs) No, you do say that a lot. (laughs) What, near and dear to my heart? Yeah, you yep. say that all the time. Okay, well, leave me alone, man. <laughs> Dang. I just hope one day I can be near and dear to Andrew's heart. Oh, guys. my gosh. Please, please, don't get <laughs> off topic again. Um, one thing that I wrote down was, because they were talking about just how impactful um, Star Wars was, and one thing that I wrote down was uh, George's contribution has often been overshadowed by things like the prequels and so people think like oh yeah you know he 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 gave us the prequels and he messed up and you know like he sold disney and that was a mistake and all these things but then like people often forget how much he impacted uh the film industry Mm -hmm. and then the fact that he created star wars like that was his thing like he, he he birthed it into existence from his mind and as as an artist like it, it's a big enough deal for me to like finish a song and then play it to someone and have like one person say they like it. But like this guy took a, a thing that was honestly to anybody in America or the world really was absurd at the time. Like a, like a sci-fi like space opera. Like that doesn't, no, no one had done that before. And he said, nope, we're going to do it. I'm going to pursue this. I'm going to create it. And then he saw it through. And that was, in it, in it of itself, is, is incredible. Um, not to mention, he created ILM. They've been, I mean, one of the biggest juggernauts in VFX um, and practical effects since they were created. Um, so, anyways. Um, one thing that... I wrote down Rick uh, Famuyima said, I thought this was really cool. He said, everyone is coming into Star Wars with their own experiences into a galaxy that can hold them. And mm-hmm. I thought that was super cool. Um, because like that, that, that's what Star Wars is. You know, you, you can put your own experiences as kind of a lens um, into what Star Wars is. 
and you get back your own personal experience. Um, and the galaxy is so big that it just takes it, you know, like I'd never thought about it that way. Um, but like, you know, it's a galaxy big enough that we can have, um, cantina discussions on our other podcast, Empire Radio, which you should totally listen to, um, and subscribe to if you haven't already. Um, but we have these discussions and they're like multifaceted and that we have three, you know, sometimes completely different perspectives. And at the end of the day, we're talking about something that is equally as multifaceted and diverse. So that's cool. Um, I wrote down that episode one had the most miniatures, which I did not know. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Like, it was really interesting that episode one had the most miniatures, especially the most miniatures in that scene. Jeremiah, did you realize that majority of that was shot by miniatures? I did not. And so... Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. you're referring to. So the crowd from a distance was miniatures, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming the actual pod racer vehicles mm-hmm. had physical miniatures that they made that were oh, yeah. in the film, which yeah. was interesting. Well, that's, I mean, that's what made really specifically like the original trilogy and The Phantom Menace, those four films, so realistic was the practical effects in the miniatures. Yeah. Um, well, and, and I mean, like, granted, that's what makes Mandalorian yeah. so no, good is because totally there's right. so much realistic. I mean, yes, there's parts of it, but, like, that's what they're kind of highlighting is, like, George yeah. Lucas, like, invented this technique and, like, this way to do it. Yeah. And they still brought it over to a new series and they put their twist on it. And like, I think next week is what's the name of that episode next week. Is that the one where we're going into effects uh, and cast. stuff like that? No, no, no. Oh, I think next week. Yeah. And then in a couple of weeks, they're going to go into how they, that technology of the screen and stuff, which we hope that's what they're talking about. And so like, it just showed, it was cool. Like, it, when they're talking about those parts, like they showed like the top of those, um, what's the name of those species that they're writing? The blurgs. Blurgs, yeah. The top like belly of them, and like that's how what they're actually writing on. Like not really any everything else, like their face and everything was all fake, and their legs. But like the top half was real, and they're actually on something that was moving up and down. And I just thought it was really cool, like. They're acknowledging George Lucas and talking about him, right? In this certain way and like talking about how these other movies had all these effects, but then they're also showing highlights of the Mandalorian to show to like tell us, like, without telling us, this is also what they did in this show. They didn't really say that, but they are saying it with visually letting us see those same clips. And I thought that was really cool the way the the director of this documentary kind of showed us i thought it was really yeah. cool yeah i mean anytime you can get away with practical effects that look realistic enough it's it's gonna do so much for a movie to ground it ever so slightly more in a reality and make it more believable i mean mm-hmm. um one of the things that come to mind comes to mind jeremiah you'll remember this um from one of the corridor crew episodes but they were talking about how um 
because of the visual effects, because of how like limited they this the stuff was at the time, they used a miniature for the wall at Helm's Deep in the two towers. Um, and they used a miniature explosion. If you don't know it, yeah. Uh, and that's why, like that explosion, like when the orc uh, runs in with the bomb, like that's why that explosion looks so real. And it's because it was. It was small, but it was. It was real. And the same thing with like the original trilogy, with so much of the stuff in the Mandalorian. Like you could go in and make a CG speeder. But they used props. Like I was thinking about um, uh, in episode four of the Sanctuary when they're riding the speeder into the village. Like, yeah, they've removed stuff from underneath the speeder. But like the way it reacts to them getting into it, getting off of it, like the way it bounces slightly and everything, like that was Mm -hmm. whatever they were on, that was a real thing. And it just makes it all the more believable to me. Well, it reminded me when, yeah, in that scene, like when they're getting on and off and they're they're loading Mandel stuff onto that thing, it reminded me of in A New Hope when Luke is like jumping on and off of his speeder during like when he realizes that Auntie, like his uncle and aunt are probably dead. He like jumps on it and it's so drastic bounce. But like it kind of had that effect, like this is real, even though it w- it isn't. But it it looks so good. Yeah. Speaking of that, really quickly, um, another reason to go read that book by Anthony Daniels. Uh, they were talking about how janky that speeder was when they first started using it, and how like it was so temperamental that Mark Hamill like basically floored the gas, and he almost. Because he was only in a C-3PO costume from the waist up, and he almost fell off the back of it while they were driving. Oh, that's funny. Anyways. Um, yeah, so the next thing that I wrote down, um, there was a quote, story is still important, all the specificities that come with it. Um, and then there was a quote that I wrote down from Carl Weathers, and he says, there are... Uh, there's a hero on a journey within all of us, and and then he goes on to say that's why we relate to Star Wars, um, on on such a deep level because it mirrors ourselves in 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 any given way. Um, I wrote down that Star Wars is something that grows along with us and mirrors our own growth through the years and through levels of maturity, um, which which is interesting because there were a few times. Where the directors, some of the directors were saying that like Star Wars hit them on a like really intense level as a kid, but they didn't understand some of the deeper stuff that was happening. And then they went back and watched it as a as an adult, and they were like, "Oh, there's even more depth to it here that I never, you know, I never knew about." And so, or never appreciated. Yeah, and so there's something about Star Wars for everyone. Like the, I think as a, as a young kid, the the all inspiring like visual effects in the world and um the galaxy that that's been created and the martial arts and the the characters like that's all captivating and then as you grow up you know there's there's something else and then you become an adult and then you begin to see the depth that's there and you're like oh wow this this stays with you in a way that other stories don't um so i thought that was cool and I thought that was very true in the character of 
um, Din Djarin and, and his confliction, you know, his like uh, the growth that he goes into and the changes um, that happen over the course of that first season um, in his character, in the development, uh, you know, there were things that I saw of myself in that character, you know, um, so there's that. Um, and then we get into the, the discussion, the, the discussion about the mall fight. Mm-hmm. So Jeremiah, this- what I kind of want to break this down. Cause like for me, like every, we all kind of said, this is our favorite part of the episode. At least me and Jeremiah yeah. said that. It I is, assume it is Andrew. for me too. Yeah. Okay. So Jeremiah, I want you kind of to take your perspective. This I'm hoping this won't take too long guys. Um, so bear with us, but I just think this, this last seven minutes of this, it's like seven minutes and 24 seconds. I looked it up cause I, I literally watched this speech five times. So like, I really want to know what your guys' take on what it is. And like, we can kind of talk about it for a little bit. So Jeremiah, like, let's go, you can go first. Um, cause you've been super quiet and a good listener. <laughs> and so yeah, I just want to know so your much. fault. Yeah. So well, I've only I only listened watched it once because I watched it this morning before work because I knew after work we were gonna record right away. So I only mm-hmm. only watched it once, um, and it was I think the quote that Dave Filoni gave that stood out the most was, um, "Vader had to be the father he never had." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was that was pretty deep. That how, and he made the comment also that you know Qui Gon was supposed to be the father figure for Anakin that he never had, and so when he dies in the Phantom Menace, he Anakin lost that father figure and it was never gained back because Obi Wan just ended up being a brother in a sense, because he even says that yeah. in Revenge of the Sith. He's like, you're my brother, Anakin. Um, well, he's so, like, you're, you're like a brother to me. Yeah. And so, and it was interesting that I feel like a lot of this, like is him, like when he worked so closely with George Lucas, like they talked about it a lot. Yeah. And, and so it, it almost felt like we were hearing it from George. Yeah. And so, I, like I said, I only watched it once, so I'd have to watch it again a couple of times. But um, it was this whole idea of family. Was, is, I've heard that before about how family is an important uh, motif in the Star Wars universe um, and how uh, – what, what was – maybe you guys remember, but what was the, the mm-hmm. comment he made about um, like Qui-Gon – chose to love and that's why he was such an outcast as a Jedi and because yeah or something like he, that. He says um Qui-Gon because I actually took notes on this. Um Qui-Gon was ahead of the council. Um he chose to love um he like he talked about how Qui-Gon understood um what ripping Anakin away from his attachments meant mm-hmm. and how was it got to, I've got to do it because of the force, but like he, he understood what Anakin was leaving behind and he felt that. Um, 
but he was saying that Qui-Gon was ahead of the council. Um, the Jedi had lost their way. And um, that was one of the biggest reasons why he, he was not part of the council. And now we know, um, spoilers for anyone that wants to read the Master and Apprentice novel by Claudia Gray. It's canon and it's phenomenal. Mm, Spoiler. I don't know if I want to hear this myself. Okay, go ahead. He was offered a spot on the council and he turned it down. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's that's one of the reasons uh, we now know that he turned it down. But um, you know, and it's and it was interesting because Dave also said that Yoda begins to see that in the next movie, but Qui Gon was ahead of them in seeing that the Jedi mm-hmm. had lost their way. So I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. I, I I love that. My favorite part about it was explaining the like the whole thing about Obi-Wan saying, I feel like we just picked up another useless life form and implying that in his mind, Anakin was the same as Jar Jar. And that just blew my, me away when he said that I was like, Oh wow. Like he, he literally meant that he doesn't see Anakin becoming anything and the only reason why he agreed to train him is because that's the one thing that Qui-Gon asked him to do. He had a promise. Yeah. I don't even remember Obi-Wan saying that. It was like right away. It was when they're like I think it was like right away wasn't it? Uh, It was. I remember that line. I just don't I can't really place exactly where it was. I'm pretty sure it was when Qui-Gon was taking a midichlorian count or no 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 no. i think it was one of the times where they were communicating they were on tatooine no, obi-wan was no, back no, in the ship. it was yeah it was when he was going back to go pick up anakin and then before he said that's what he was going to go do he's like why do i feel like before or after maul attacks quite uh before yeah oh, okay it's after he dropped off leia and or like everyone Padme. else. Yeah, sorry, Padme. And so then he was going back, and then that's why he, that's when he said it. But what he was implying was like he knew that he was gonna go get it. Like, why would Qui-Gon go back? Like that was making right. sense. And that travel was like not sh- close. Like that was a pretty decent like they parked pretty far away. So for him to go back, yeah, like he knew that he was gonna go far. do something, get something. So interesting. I I just enjoyed I enjoyed that he said like pretty much like the biggest part of Star Wars started with that mall fight. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hold on. So here's the thing. I have always said, and I have said it on this podcast on or on at least two accounts. Maybe not on this one. This one. (laughs) It was sorry. It wasn't this one. It was on Empire Radio. It probably was on Empire Radio, but I've said it yeah. at least twice before while we've been recording. And I still stand by this statement. Qui-Gon, if Qui-Gon had trained Anakin, he would have not fallen to the dark side. Well, and I mean, and, that's kind of what he said. Yeah, and, and, and it was really good to hear Dave Filoni say that because he says, um, what was at stake in the fight? And I'm kind of paraphrase quoting him. He was like, what was at stake? in the fight, is how Anakin was going to turn out. Mm-hmm. So, 
Oh, so good. Yeah. I mean, but that's the thing. Like, I never thought about it that way. Because I, I just thought about, oh, Qui-Gon, man, he would have been a really cool character to see developed. Like, he's still, he's still one of my favorite characters. Like, at least top five characters of all time for me. And, but I never realized that what was at stake was actually the upbringing of Anakin. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Obi-Wan bad job, but Qui-Gon, yeah, yeah, yeah. Qui-Gon was enough, was separated enough from the code of the Jedi and the ways of the Jedi that I think he could have dealt with all of the, what the Jedi would have labeled as uh, discrepancies and, you know, kind of taboo things that Anakin was dealing with. I think he could have done that really well. Well, and I think Obi-Wan realized that when he took Luke away, like he realized that he didn't do the best of job because he was also blinded. And like I love that there, were t- he also talked about how, like, the whole thing about how Palpatine used everyone as like a pawn, and then when he says that line to Luke, like, you are, I forget the exact wording. I, he I says, "I wrote it down. Hold on." Like I'm, you will be mine. Like your father your before father, me. Like yeah. your father before you. Yeah. And like to show like how and like what what impacted um Dave was saying he was saying like hearing that as a child, imagining that his dad was controlled and captured by someone scared him. And yeah, that's scary as heck, you know? As like yeah. a little kid watching that and like it's just so so powerful the way that George planned this thing. Yeah. And I think like, yeah, like this whole thing was talking about how like kind of George had an impact on the world and George had an impact on the Mandalorian. Oh, but yeah. also oh, like yeah. it just showed like how much care that they had to put in this because of George, because of the way he set this up. And it, it makes me like think like what George really wanted to do with seven eight nine, and I don't want to rant to talk about it, but it's just really interesting, right? And I don't know that last seven minutes. Like honestly, I could listen to it like a lot. Yeah, I mean this episode was really good, but if you're listening to this and you're like, ah, docu documentaries, docu series deals aren't really my thing, you should definitely take seven and how many seconds? Seven and seven minutes and twenty four seconds is when he starts talking. Look, y'all, most people stay in the bathroom when they're pooping longer than that. For real, just trim down like two of your poop breaks, and then just watch that. And I I promise you, it's going to be worth it. So yeah, but I'm I'm kind of like Sheldon Cooper. I have to go at the same time every day, so I don't know if I could do that. Well, just well, you don't have. (laughs) Um, Bring your laptop with you. Uh, definitely not um but yeah i just i just love that last part and like i've never really viewed that part of star wars in that light personally and it just shows you like that's what i'm supposed to do and now when i rewatch star wars and think of that that's death man it's gonna change a lot of perspective for me and and that's what i i mean personally i love about star wars is that there's so many different takes on it and there's so many people's different reviews and you can always like think of Star Wars in a certain way. Like I never, if 
spoilers, but if you go listen to our Empire Radio talking about who is the chosen one and what is the chosen one, I think it was that episode, right? Oh, no, no, no. It wasn't who is the chosen one. Maybe it was, but it was when, like, Jeremiah was talking about how his perspective of what the outcome was to, I don't think it was the chosen one. What was it? The bring balance the, to the force. It was about how, to the force. how I was saying that the balance of the force was brought by Anakin when it was down to two Sith and two Jedi. Yeah. And that I was never, balance right there. Yeah. And yeah. I never saw that like that. Um, so I just, I just love, that's one of the things I love about Star Wars is hearing people's opinions and hearing people's takes on stuff like that. And I, I just love listening to people's people that know what they're talking about. Like people that really know Star Wars opinions, I should say, like clarify. But yeah, I just love that seven minutes. Like it, uh, it gives me so much more stuff to argue with people about. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The last thing that I wrote down that I thought was really cool was when Dave mentions that George on a few different occasions told him to remember to make the stories hopeful people really need that yeah and i thought and that was really cool gives kids hope that's what yeah he, he was saying like and that's something that dave is taking on by himself with now doing the movies now without george is that he's keeping in mind that that's what he has to do is m- make sure at the end of the day this gives kids hope was, and i just thought <laughs> that was amazing it's kind of funny because we just finished watching the end of the clone wars and there was definitely no there, hope at the end of that. <laughs> yeah, and he definitely did all that. But that that's finishing a story that will give kids hope later, okay? Oh, yeah, it's all part yeah. of the big story. It gives kids hope in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yep. But I just I just loved it. It was so good. And I mean I mean it did give kids hope because spoilers, Ahsoka didn't die. So there's yep. some hope still. Yeah, that's fair. And neither did Rex. So there you go. That's that's yep. also fair. So I don't. So just if anything, if you're listening to this and you have no idea what we're talking about, um, I don't know why you clicked on this, but welcome and hi. But also, just go back and listen to the last seven minutes again if you already did listen to it because this is so good. Yeah. All right, is that it? That's yep. it for me. And next week is the cast. We're going to be talking about the roundtable discussion that they have with the cast. So that'll be interesting and probably pretty cool. Like their perspective of Star Wars as well. But yeah, yeah, yeah. All righty. Well, this make sure before I close out, make sure you guys go check out Empire Radio. There's a a new podcast episode every single week. We go through star Wars news and other stuff. And there's some big news that was dropped about the Mandalorian, but we're not going to mention to it like right now um, until it's like hundred percent confirmed, but we'll probably mention it on empire radio. So go check out all that stuff this upcoming week and go check out. If you love the clone wars and you finished it, go check out our reviews on that on clone Wars saved. And they're all, we're all part of one big star Wars family of empire radio. So go check all that stuff out. And also on our social medias, um, Instagram is Empire Radio Podcast, and the same on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. There's something for everyone here. Yeah, for everyone. 
Kids are not left out. So go check it out. All right. right. You are listening to the Mandalorian podcast brought to you by Empire Radio. I'm Drew. I'm Jeremiah. I'm Andrew. And may the force be with you. Always. Always.